0: Start the week with Tim and Damo on the Unmade podcast.
1: Well that's a lie. Damo's sick. It's just me, Tim Burrows, coming up. The AFL rights go to the wire. Streaming spend overtakes TV advertising. And Will Nine's journos go on strike. Well, good morning. It's seven in the morning in Tasmania. It's dark and cold as I record this, but apparently there's a giant solar flare on the way, which makes this a great spot to be to look out for the aurora tonight. Plus, my studio is the warmest room in the house, so let's get into it.
0: Unmade. Um,
1: so we start today with the media section of the Australian, uh, covering what will be one of the defining media stories of the year, certainly in terms of business impact, which is the AFL rights deal. Uh, the main holders of the rights are Foxtel and its streaming service Ko, and Seven West Media, the free-to-air chapter. According to the Australian today, John Stensholt, Uh Apologies, if I'm. Sp- Pronouncing John's name wrongly. I had a quick look on YouTube to see if he ever popped up and said his name and I haven't seen it. But anyway, let's call him John Stensholt or Stensholt. Um, uh, Getting something of an inside track on the negotiations. Uh, he reckons that the AFL is, as he puts it, trying to entice Seven West Media and Foxtel to up their bids for the TV rights to AFL to six hundred million dollars a year, which would put them somewhere close to what looks to be the bid coming from uh, Paramount as well, which is uh, the uh, the US based company which owns both Ten and Paramount Plus. Um, Now, one of the wrinkles in this is over live games in Adelaide and Perth, obviously big home bases for AFL. Um, Seven currently has the right to show those those matches, um, even if they're earmarked for Foxtel as well. Um, And it's um, streaming service KO in other parts of the country. Foxtel now wants exclusive rights to those games. So that's one of the sticking points in the negotiations, according to um, the article in The Australian this morning, um, making the point that we may just be weeks away now from some sort of resolution with um, Gil McLaughlin, the CEO, taking a short break, CEO of the AFL, taking a short break, but likely to try to get everything wrapped up before he steps down from that role which is uh, fairly imminent although there was speculation over the weekend that um, his next gig might be somewhere within 7West Media which was an intriguing bit of speculation indeed Next Piracy is back
0: Unmade so
1: interesting piece in the Sydney Morning Herald and the age from uh, Nick Bonnie Hady um, making the point with some new data out of the federal government um, which suggests that consumers are getting back in the habit of pirating again, uh, pirating TV that is, and movies, which is an intriguing one. So, between 2015 and 2018, um, the number of Australians who said they were pirating movies dropped from 49% to 21%, so a huge drop. Um, but since the pandemic, federal data suggests that piracy is either flat or maybe even rising again, which I think does pass the sniff test. For me, the the moment which, uh, which, which, which perhaps was the point of transition was when the streaming services went mainstream um for me it was when game of thrones became available uh via foxtail streaming services so people didn't need to sign an annual contract anymore so that sort of defense of being able to say to yourself well i really like the show and they're not making it easy for me to see when that moment came along it started to make sense that people would be sure yeah i'll support the, the shows i like uh, you know then it would have been 10 bucks a month or something like that um since then of course we've just got this huge and growing complexity of just so many different streaming services you know for a while netflix and stan would probably cover you but then along came binge along came prime video from amazon uh, disney plus um, BritBox now. Apple TV, uh, so many different extra services that if you want to see all of your shows as a consumer, then it becomes quite an expensive prospect again. So um, we'll see where we go with that one, but I'm not surprised to be reading that piracy is is is, 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 is back on the rise because, um, yeah, there is always just that frustration for the consumer, you know, if it was easier, happily paying. If it's if it's hard and piracy is easier, then that's what they do. Um, I suspect that uh, it will be one more contributing factor in that drumbeat towards consolidation of the services, which are pretty expensive anyway. Um, which is also a good point to turn to another piece of coverage, which um, as well as um, uh, in the nine newspapers is also over on um, uh, the Australian as well, the Australian's media section, which is PwC's media and entertainment report. Their annual report is out today. Um, the, uh, The annual Australian and media outlook, which, um, I I, I I, must admit, I've suddenly realized I've dropped off the mailing list, so I haven't had a chance to have a look at the, the outlook yet, but we'll spend some time with it um, today. Um, one of the fascinating things is that the revenue for subscription TV is now higher than advertising revenue for pay TV. So PwC's data suggests that subscription TV brought in something like 44 billion dollars in 2021 now that's compared to about 3.7 billion dollars in tv advertising so that really emphasizes the change over the last decade as consumers actually paying for what they watch uh, has overtaken what was previously an ad supported medium next will nine's print journals go on strike Another piece as we start the week this week is in The Australian, uh, which reports that journalists at nine entertainment newspapers, which is the Sydney Morning Herald, The Age, the Australian Financial Review, are, as The Australian puts it, one step closer to striking. So union members uh, from the Media, Entertainment and Arts Alliance, which is the main journo union, have lodged an application with the Fair Work Ombudsman for a protected action ballot. On Friday, so this move would see staff at Nine Publishing vote on whether to pursue protected industrial action, which could include a strike as the fight with management overpay heats up. Um, now, the MEAA is looking for a three-year deal um, in which it's basically asking for a 5.5% pay rise this year, followed by 5% and 4.5%. But given the high level of inflation at the moment, certainly currently, that's only pretty much standing still in terms of cost of living. Um, so you can see why they would argue quite strongly that that's um, the minimum they would want, um, clearly management. Um are uh, less keen to do that. Offering, according to the Australian, um, a 3.5 uh, percent rise for staff earning less than 170,000, and uh, another half a percent lift to superannuation, superannuation um and staff on more than 170,000. Um, there are some of them, would see a 3% pay rise instead. So that you can see potentially being a source of conflict. But I guess my question is, I'm not really sure that there's an appetite these days to actually strike. You know, it just doesn't seem as militant an environment as it once was. Um, but, you know, that said, um, you know, every... every it, all journos are doing it hard. For those who were who, who were looking at Twitter over the weekend, there was a little mini sensation when uh Jessica Irvin, the um uh economics and, and, and budgeting uh journalist from Fairfax um wrote about her own budgets and what she might do if she, if things got um got tough for her. And she nominated her $386 a month gym membership as uh, as something she might be willing to trim down on if it came down to it. Um, so, yes, uh, not every journo is doing it hard if they can afford to spend $386 a month on uh, gym memberships. Certainly that was the view on Twitter over the weekend. And um, it's not the only row going on internally at nine as well. You know, not, it's not just the union, the journalists and the management who are arguing, uh, as the Australian's media diary points out this morning. There's uh, plenty of spats going on uh, internally in the radio arm as well as the newspaper arm. So um, Ray Hadley and Chris Smith arguing uh, and uh, that that's on air. They're kind of swapping uh, criticisms of each other. Um, Now uh, we've got Neil Mitchell fighting with Eddie Maguire on air on three AWs. That's two GB going at it in three AW. And um, according to the Australian's media diary, um, we are now um, seeing uh, Tom Malone, the boss Of um, the network having to uh, step in to um, quiet things down. Next, an intriguing Aussie publishing startup.
0: Unmade.
1: Here's an interesting one uh, from the Australian Financial Review this morning from Miranda Ward. a startup describing itself as an alternative to WordPress secured uh, half a million dollars in pre-seed funding um, from a number of people, including uh, Startmate, uh, Boson Ventures. Uh, not, sure, I've not come across Boson Ventures before, so I'm not 100% sure if it might be a typo. It might be meant to be Boston Ventures. And uh, Tim Duggan, who's a co-founder of Junkie Media uh, and recently announced that he was going to be basing himself in Europe for um, the, the, the next few months. Um, so this is interesting, obviously, because it's coming out of Australia and these big tech plays tend to be from um, uh, overseas. So um, this is what it, pitches as a all-in-one content management system, pulling together all the tools a publisher needs in one place. Uh, it's called StoryPress, story with an I in the middle. So StoryPress, a bit like WordPress, reminds me a little bit of the idea behind Substack, which Unmade is published on, uh, in that it, it makes everything simple that, Journalists don't and publishers don't need to code to start doing things. Um, now, one and 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 it looks like the emphasis is is more on the web than um, the kind of email newsletter technology, although that is a kind of plug-in too. So I am kind of intrigued. Um, talks about integrating services like Facebook, Twitter, Google Analytics, Discuss or Discus which is the comment hosting service. Um, and then the one that really interests me and seems like a big gap compared to um, the, the service on Substack is also Google AdSense and, um, and MailChimp too, which is, which is obviously a, an email service. But AdSense is really interesting because that's the big hole in Substack is you really have to hack things in order to, uh, as a publisher, add uh, advertising features so this is kind of uh, an interesting move um the, the the initial investment is relatively low um as i say, um, Miranda um around the world reporting it's um, half a million dollars in seed funding but yeah uh, a fascinating play and definitely uh one which we'll, we'll we'll see how that one plays out next an agency push into consultancies
0: Made.
1: Sticking with the AFR, I'm Miranda Ward. Another one that uh, gets reported in the media section of the AFR today is uh, a venture from led by um, the people behind media agency Slingshot, uh, Simon Rutherford, uh, and also tying in with Andrew Baxter, who's a former um, uh, boss of publicists and Ogilvy CEO. And if I remember rightly, was on the board of GrowthOps as well. Um, so what they're working on is what they describe as uh, a company called Independent Digital Audit, which they describe as uh, a company to assess how a business's digital marketing efforts are performing. What's interesting to me on this one is it sounds like the sort of thing which generally consultancies would tend to do. So it's sort of edging into that direction. Um, but they're positioning it as a bit like visiting the accountant every year. You 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 pay your five thousand five hundred dollars as a company and it's targeting the smaller end of town and a kind of SMA. Um and they 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 look at how you're doing your digital marketing and how it's being spent. So it's kind of interesting. I mean I think the the challenge for them if there is one, is getting to the SMEs in the first place. So it feels like there's quite a a, a big sort of marketing challenge for them to make those SMEs aware of it, um, and that might be one of the barriers. Um, and, of course, they find themselves competing kind of at the higher end of town with the kind of the more sort of software-based analytics. I'm thinking of something like Mutiny, who we had our uh, – I chat to in the Unmakers podcast not long ago. So, um, so yeah, um, uh, interesting venture. Um, whether it work will work, I'm not convinced, but maybe I'll try and get them to come on uh, the Unmakers and we can explore the, uh, explore the concept a little bit more. Next, Adlands, inclusivity, crisis. And finally, one from the tail end of last week. Uh, I wrote about this at the weekend on Unmade, so um, do have a look if you haven't yet. Um, The Advertising Council Australia launched a big piece of research, what they described as a census last week, looking at um, the diversity or lack of it situation in Australia, but, but also just the experience for people within agencies. Um, there are an awful lot of statistics in there. Um, some of them, which were truly shocking. Um, for instance, 8% of women surveyed said they'd experienced sexual harassment within the advertising industry in the last year. Now that rate is about three times higher than the 3% who um, reported the same thing in a survey of the UK ad industry. Um and another really stark uh, number for me, and there was an awful lot in there, is that the uh, the number of people who think they're likely to leave the advertising industry or certainly the agency world because of discrimination or a lack of inclusion, 20%. Now, this is not exactly an industry which is getting people flooding in through the doors at the moment. So um, that in itself is a massive concern but overall and i do i do recommend looking at the create space report and it's got some beginnings of some action plans as well but it's you know it's a it, 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 it it's a really thoughtful snapshot of where we're at but it gives this impression of advertising is a really great club if you're a part of it but if you're a so-called white bloke who went to a so-called good school then you're fine but If you're not, if you're marginalized, and um, according to the report, that includes women, gender non-conforming, LGBTQI plus people, people with physical or mental health conditions, or even those from ethnic minority groups, then it's a less fun place to be. There's an awful lot worth reading in there and an awful lot worth talking about. And that is it for today. We would love to hear what you think of everything just discussed at letters at unmade.media. That's letters at unmade.media. Damien will be back with us next week. Get well soon, Damo. And if you haven't yet given us a rating in the podcast catcher of your choice, please do so. It helps other people find us. Today's podcast was produced with the usual enthusiastic support of Abe's Audio. See you next time. Toodle pip.
0: Um made podcast edit by abes audio